do better than that. Good morning, everybody. You can even do better than that. Good morning, everybody. Fantastic. It really is great to be together in God's house. This morning, we have taken the opportunity to just share around our season of prayer and fasting. And it's something that we introduced last year, uh, and we did it in June, uh, because we felt compelled as a leadership to just encourage people into it. And we, we, we took, undertook a four-week series to just help people to understand the dynamics of prayer and fasting. And so I don't feel I need to open it up to that level, but certainly we just want to reaffirm and remember um, some of the principles around prayer and fasting. So it's going to be my joy to be able to do that this morning. But I wonder if you could um, connect with this statement. I wonder if anybody here has a challenge that you may be facing some difficulty. Is there something in your life that may seem um, impossible? You use that word, it's impossible. It's just not going to change. Is there something in your life that just seems so insurmountable, too great, too big for you? If that's you this morning, then I want to encourage you and take great encouragement that, you know, there is hope. And I believe that prayer and fasting can actually help every single one of us. Prayer and fasting causes some terrific things to take place. For example, breakthroughs. And we use some phrases so glibly, but I want to be careful with my language. But there are breakthroughs that take place as we pray and as we fast. We, we get answers. Some of you here need some answers. Some answers come to us as we pray and fast. There are miracles, Phil's already alluded to it, but occurrences that are beyond our own power, but God intervenes and they become miraculous in our life. They happen as we pray and fast. We get direction, we get wisdom, we get clarity as we earnestly seek God in a season of prayer and fasting. And let me just underline this, uh, just in my opening remarks. We pray and fast out of joy, not guilt. I'll say that again. We pray and fast out of joy and not guilt. I want to say to you this morning, I am genuinely looking forward to entering the next 21 days of prayer and fasting. Genuinely. I'm looking forward to it with relish because I understand the dynamics of what happens. And let me say, I'm not just looking forward to it because I want to lose a few extra pounds. Fasting is not dieting. There's a dynamic spiritual principle that takes place as we enter into a season of prayer and fasting. So I don't fast out of guilt. I don't fast out of persuasion or out of pressure. And if you feel like that this morning, please don't do it. Please don't do it. It's, it's out of a joy. There's a discipline that, 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 that comes through prayer and fasting and it becomes a joyful blessing. It becomes a joyful blessing. There's something that we enter into. Now, if you've got a Bible, and I hope you have this morning. If you haven't, you can follow it on the screen. But I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Mark. You'll find it in the New Testament. If you're not familiar with your Bible, and I know some of you use electronic devices, but the, the, the Gospel of Mark is found in the New Testament. And uh, it's Matthew and then Mark, written by one of the disciples of of Jesus, and uh, we read from chapter 9, I'm going to read a few verses together, so please stay with me, and if you've not got it, I'm sure you can follow it 
on the screen. But we pick the story up in verse 14. And he says there, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them. And the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder. And they ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Let me just stop there. Some of you, uh, why I feel compelled to say this, some of you have watched movies like this and you thought it's just a bit of a laugh. I want to tell you this kind of stuff is very, very real. It's called demonic influence. That's not my subject matter this morning. But there is a God in heaven and there is also a Satan in hell. And we believe that as a church. And demonic forces take hold of people when you open up your lives to those kinds of things. And it's very dark and it's very dangerous. And if I can say this, it's very horrible. But there is hope. Because this father brought his son. And the disciples couldn't deal with it. But verse 19, Jesus says, You unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And the spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted this boy up to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive the demon out? Jesus replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. This boy was, for whatever reason, afflicted by demonic forces. As I've already said, that's not my subject matter this morning. But I do want to make a few statements from this story. Please hear me very, very carefully, every one of you. I am certainly not saying that every sickness is demonically related. Because in fact, my personal conviction is most sicknesses aren't. 
And I am certainly not saying that those who suffer with deafness or muteness or any kinds of fits in their life, like this boy, need deliverance. I'm not saying that. I simply wish to make a point from these verses that there are issues in our lives that surround us that prayer by itself will not root out. This particular instance was deep-rooted. It was from a childhood. We don't know what all the surrounding circumstances around this boy and his father. But what we do know is the father knew he needed an encounter with the living God. Because he brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. And as he came to Jesus, as he came to God, there was a powerful encounter that came to this young boy that caused the spirit to leave him and for him to be completely well. And this only came about by prayer and fasting. You say, oh, wait on, Christian. No, it's just by prayer. Where would you get the fasting bit? Well, anybody who has read the Bible would know that you've got to look in your Bibles. That's why I said I want you, if you've got your Bibles, to turn to it. Because in the footnotes of our Bibles... Not of our, of our electronic devices, I don't believe, but certainly of our Bibles. There's something, you won't see this, but just down on the bottom there, there's little footnotes. It often leads us to another verse of Scripture, a connected verse, or makes a statement. And this particular verse, 29, let me read it to you again. He replied, when they asked him, why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. But the footnote says, some manuscripts say, by prayer... And fasting. This kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. Everybody says, and fasting. There was, there was a spiritual principle that Jesus was wanting to lay into his disciples. And it was that they couldn't deal with it simply by what they were used to doing. And my mind, I need to be careful here because I want to stay very committed to the subject. But it's interesting to note that in Mark chapter 6, three chapters previously to this, Jesus sends them out and gives them authority over what? All sickness, all demons. And they were casting out demons and doing all kinds of things. But actually this kind, we don't know what kind it was, But Jesus discerned, and fasting and prayer gives us a discernment. That's what I'm praying for, that I'll get an insight like I've never had before. I'll be able to see things that I've never been able to see previously. I'll be able to literally see the hearts of men and women. That might scare the life out of you, but that's what I'm praying for. That God would give me great insight, great wisdom, great understanding in this season over this next 21 days. And Jesus saw something. And he said, this kind can only be dealt with through prayer and through fasting. You may have an issue. I've already mentioned about an issue that seems impossible. You might have an issue that makes you feel death, death. Not necessarily naturally, but spiritually and emotionally. You might be deaf to the things of God. You've come in this morning... Nothing's touched you. Nothing's, you've just brushed it off. And God's wanting to get your attention. 
God's wanting to speak to you today. You might feel like there are things that are binding you and stopping you from speaking out like this mute man. He couldn't speak. Couldn't hear and he couldn't speak. It's almost like you're incoherent. Of course, you can communicate, but internally, you're incoherent. You're all at sea. You're all messed up, mashed up internally. I want to say to you that sometimes... And Jesus using this principle here, the only breakthrough may come about through prayer and through fasting. Let's just list some issues here because I've been talking about them. But here are some issues that I believe as we enter this season that we're going after. For example, people suffer with sickness. What about depression, cancer, epilepsy, arthritis? You put your thing there. You may say, this is too big for God. Let's just take the text for a moment. He says there, everything is possible for him who believes. And I believe the scriptures this morning. And I believe that when Jesus says that he can heal us and he can set us free, he can heal us and he can set us free, friend, this morning. Family, division, Waywardness of kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, causing us great pain in our hearts. Conflict, not a happy home. Addictions, secret addictions. Financial impossibilities. Deep-seated generational chains that sit over neighborhoods, towns, and cities. Please don't just think that's the way that Ilkeston responds. It's deep-seated and it's generational. And we need to pray. We need to believe. Don't just think over Mansfield, well, that's just the way it is, or over this M1 corridor. It's just, there's deep-seated things and we need to pray. We need to fast. We need to call out to God. The God who sits over it all for him to do something amazing in this season for breakthroughs and miracles like we've never seen before. What about not just issues, but what about some decisions? There are certain decisions that I believe we should only make once we've prayed and fasted. I was going to put in there marriage, and I've just thrown it out there because actually I think that's probably one of the biggest decisions you can ever make now. I was mindful of Kevin and Hannah. You might not have prayed and fasted. I don't know where they are around here. Please don't get all hung up now. Oh, we've got to call off the engagement. We've got to pray and fast about it. I'm not, but I, listen to this, Kev. Listen to me, some of you younger guys. I'm serious. If you want to get it right, make sure you pray and fast about it. Don't just say, oh, he's so lovely and he's so handsome. Oh, she's so lovely. She's, she's got all the curves in the right places. And now that is helpful, let me tell you. It is helpful, but I'm asking you to seriously to pray and fast. Not, inten- not with intensity, but just, you understand, I might sound intense, but just to ask God. New business start. Don't just bumble on into a business, pray about it, fast about it. Career change. It's interesting, the appointing of elders, Paul and, and Barnabas, we see it. Many, many times they did it out of a season of prayer and fasting. They didn't just think, oh, there's a good bloke. 
It was out of a, 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 a spiritual dynamic of praying and fasting. Lifestyle changes. The big decisions that we're making. I'd encourage you to do it out of prayer and fasting. So I present the case. Listen to me of a 21-day prayer and fasting because there are certain things that will only ever be dealt with, truly dealt with, by prayer and fasting. Do you feel like you're forever sweeping it under the carpet? I remember our good friend David Sherman, when we were looking to take on the Mansfield Church, said to me on a telephone call, I remember when I said to him what we were looking to do, and he said to me, Christian, there has been that much swept under that carpet What happens is when you ultimately sweep so much things under a carpet, you ultimately trip up. Please make sure you deal with the garbage under the carpet. There are some things that have to be dealt with. There are some things in our lives, friends, are you hearing me, that we need to deal with. We can't keep rumbling on. And we need to come before God in a season of prayer. And a fasting. So very quickly, let me just take these two practices separately. So if we look at prayer, uh, listen to me. This in itself is a challenge. Give me a wave if it's a challenge to you. This in itself, prayer. Because if you're a new Christian, you may not understand what it means. You, you, prayer means discipline and you may lack the discipline to enter into it. Some people feel so discouraged. So it stops them from praying. Some people feel stupid praying because I can't see God, so I'm not going to pray. What am I praying? You know, I think we've all been there. Some people don't even know what to pray. I was talking with a gentleman, and, he, and I was encouraging him to pray, and he said, that's all well and good, but I'm not really good at communicating, and I don't even know what to pray. Can you give me a book of prayers? And I was greatly encouraged and challenged by that. And you might feel like that. There are many reasons why people find prayer difficulty, difficult. But what I want to do over the next 21 days and beyond, I want to encourage you to take up a challenge. Not just of prayer and fasting, but I wanted you to take up this prayer challenge. So I wonder if we could run a video. It's just a one minute video and then I'm going to invite Simon who's going to come and share for a moment. I'm going to interview him. So thanks Chris. Thank you. 
Wonderful. Just while Simon makes his way to the platform, and uh, we'll give him a proper introduction in a moment, the reason why I've asked Simon to come and share this is actually Simon who, who brought my attention to this prayer challenge by Max Licardo, and, and he said that he ha- had been doing this uh, challenge. He's took it on himself to do it. And so when we was just crafting this service together, I thought no better person to actually talk about this four-minute prayer challenge than somebody who's actually done it. And uh, so let's welcome Simon properly to the stage, can we? Come and join me up here, Simon. So, Simon, can I just ask you, just very, very simply, if you need to put your Bible down on there, then, then please feel free to do so. Why, why you felt the need to take up this challenge? Well, I mean, for me, it was uh, a recognition that I didn't pray, uh, didn't pray sorry, quite often enough. Uh, it's not that I never did pray. It was just that it wasn't regular, it wasn't uh, disciplined, it wasn't uh, structured in any way. It was as though, you know, I'd go, I'd go, I'd run the race, you know, run the run the race for prayer well for a few weeks, and then it sort of fizzle out, and I'd I'd sort of lose track of where I was or, or for what for what reason I was praying for what, you know, and, and it's very easy when you know when when life's going well, you know, and and, and uh, everyone's fit and healthy around you and things like that to to, to not be thankful to not be. Not, continue to pray and be yeah. thankful for the things that are going well uh, and it, it's very easy for me it was very easy just to to, to forget about it to to let that uh connection that relationship that i got um let it go and and, I, and did it I, I'm, I'm i'm asking a question which i already think i know the answer to that you would say then that you felt weak or weakened yeah. when absolutely i mean whenever i fell out of prayer whenever I, whenever I, I, I didn't use that time uh, to pray, I felt very vulnerable, very, very open. You know, it's, it, it's so easy, as you've already alluded to, it's so easy for the things, that the, the negative and the evil things of this world to get in once, you know, you, you've, you've taken God out of the picture. Uh, and I was finding that more and more. I was finding, the, the, you know, the, 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 the more I, I closed myself off, the more I, uh, you know, stayed in silence, then the, the darker it seemed to get. You know, the more the, more the darkness seemed to close in and, and, and make, make life difficult. Yeah. So, what changed? <laughs> Tell us about the four-week journey that you've well, been on. For me, it was, it was, it was, it's, it's, I, I took it on very simply. I, I, I looked at the everyday activities that I was doing and incorporated it into that. For example, um, you know, in the morning when you're having a shower, when you're having a shave, making your breakfast, a cup of tea... Anything like that. All those sort of things take four minutes or more. So why not use that time? As well as, as, well as doing your activities, driving to work often takes ten, ten more minutes. Uh, use that time to then use that, you know, to, to pray alongside whatever you're doing at the same time. Uh, and that's, what, that's how I incorporated it in. And it started off at four minutes and I was just being thankful. And I was just uh, you know, praying things through for family, for my friends. And that sort of thing. And then, you know, it gradually grew and grew and, you know, it became much, much stronger. Like, like Licardo says on the, on the video, it's, it's forever changed. Four minutes for four weeks. And from then, it's, it's been like a springboard for me to obviously go further and, and, and grow. So how do you feel now? Great. Fantastic. As some of you may know, our, our eldest daughter has just been in hospital over, uh, over the new year for have her tonsils removed. And it was, you know, it was. It became so easy to uh, recognise that, you know, I need, you know, we need to pray over this as a family, you know, and and you know, 
testament to God that, you know, the, the following day she came out and she's absolutely fine, no mm. problems. Brilliant. Um, and... You know, I, I feel fantastic. I feel, I feel strengthened. I feel encouraged. I feel built up. I feel brilliant. Better. Better, much better. Absolutely. Can we read that Bible verse that you shared with me just, um, just as Simon concludes and we'll give him a rapturous round of applause? <laughs> uh, the last few verses of Psalm 66 are, Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God, who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw for his unfailing love from me. Wonderful. And that is so true. God listens to the prayers and cries of our hearts. So why don't we give Simon a round of applause. It's a live testimony. I couldn't say about a four-week, four-minute challenge because I've not done it. And Simon has. You might feel like that. You know, and you might even be a person who's been a Christian for some time, but it's just been, as Max Lucado says, you, 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 I love the phrase of you've zigged and zagged with your, I mean, he's a, he's a bit of a hero, really, and yet he calls himself a prayer wimp. God help me then. I don't know if, if he's a wimp. But... Um, you might feel you've got a bit of experience about you, but it will help you. And I just want to, as, as uh, just as I continue to speak, I'm going to ask Eleanor and the team, if they just hand out these books. We've got them one per household, okay? We've only bought 150 of them. The other thing that you can actually do is if you want to get the information, I think it's at Gateway, we can, Faith Gateway, you can get it at the end if you've not, not written it down, and you can do it online if you prefer. But we've gone out and por- purchased some of these Max Lucado books, one per, per family, so you can use it. We just want to encourage you in this season. I know it's beyond 21 days, but we just want to encourage you to just take hold of it and begin to do it as a family. And uh, let's, let's just see God do something great amongst us as we pray. As also you're doing that, just give your attention to me. They're just handing the books out. There may be something else that may be helpful to you uh, as, as a resource. Just on the screen here, if you're thinking, well, I don't know quite how to pray and where to pray and can I find a place to, pr- to pray, I'd encourage you to just visit this YouTube clip. We haven't got it on now, but it's just going to be on the, on the screen. Then all you need to do is simply type in Coffee with God, Bill Hybels. Coffee with God, Bill Hybels. It's about nine minutes long. For me, it was one of the most Brilliant pieces of communication around prayer that I've seen. So simple. Because he just talks about the journey of a man who was in his church, who found a place, and he made a decision that he'd grab a coffee and he'd have it with God in the same place when he was in town every single day. And it built a discipline in this man's life. Because as we talk about prayer... Prayer literally is just, as Simon said, simply talking with God. And it's not a monologue, but it's a dialogue. It's a two-way conversation that we have. And in terms of finding a place, you might have a place in your house, you might have a place in your office, your place may be the car, maybe as you go for a walk, you walk in the dog, 
kids on your way to school on the school bus. But it's finding a place. And it's simply talking with God. And I'd encourage you just with these simple things about prayer. I'd encourage you to do it regularly. I'd encourage you to do it honestly. I'd encourage you to do it simply. That's all you need to do. Regularly, honestly, and simply. Regularly because it just builds a discipline. Simply because God is... When I, don't misunderstand me, a simple God in that he wants us to come simply and honestly because he can take our burdens. There been times when I've been laid on the floor out giving God a hard time and he didn't strike me down. He needed to hear the cries of my heart. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Where I'm frustrated, where I didn't understand why was this happening? But there was something that happened as, happened as I did that. It simply says our need and dependency is on God. So there's prayer. But what about fasting? Because we saw the need for the double combination punch. And I want to tell you, prayer and fasting has a knockout potential. Because as we give up, we give up. To receive. In this 21 days, as, well, as I, let me use me now, as I give up some of the luxuries and pleasures of food, I will receive something of far greater worth. I am filling my life full of God instead of food. We are submitting our fleshly natural needs for a greater spiritual need. Instead of being consumed with filling our stomachs, instead, We are wanting to fill our spiritual appetites. That is what fasting is all about. I love what we've got in our brochure here because in the middle of it, we have something called a clean slate. And I'd encourage you in the brochure to write your reasons for fasting. We've got some things that we're asking you if you join with us, some collectives that as a church we want us to pray into. But we also recognize personally there are some things that you want to Pray and fast in too. I'd encourage you to write them down. But I love what we wrote here. It says here, God is my first priority. Therefore, by faith, I am fasting because I want to put God first in my life and keep him first in my life. I commit myself to this fast and God's plans and purposes for my life. Let me quote you from this statement here. It says, fasting makes you hungry for what really matters in life. You realize that nothing else will truly satisfy. I want the bread of life more than anything else because everything else leaves me hungry. That is not true in your life. Then it's time to fast and pray until that spiritual hunger arises again. One of the biggest problems in the church today is that we are so full of everything that the world has to offer that we have nothing to offer a spiritually starving world. I want to encourage you to not just enter into prayer, but also to encourage into fasting. We're saying that we are relying, we are trusting, we are being filled with heavenly power. We're being filled by Jesus himself. We're putting away the luxuries of food, and food itself. And we're saying we want to be filled 
with God. As I close, I want to say this. Fasting, it's not suppression, but submission. It's not suppressing this. There's actually a submission that comes as we say, I'm submitting myself to God. Some of you don't submit particularly well. I'd encourage you to enter into this fast and God will begin to do something, churn up something of that in you. Fasting is not dieting, but it's discipling. This is a discipleship principle that actually we've forgotten. I love what Arthur Wallace said. You heard me last year quote it. How can we recover apostolic power, signs and wonders, churches planted, miracles, revival in towns, cities and nations, while neglect, neglecting apostolic practice? How can we expect the power to flow if we do not prepare the channels? We can pray all we want, and we have done. And I, and I tell you what, and God's heard some of it, but until we really get serious, until I really get serious, and let's be honest now, if we can't give ourselves to 21 days to get serious with God, then we're not serious about this world being changed. We're not serious about it. God is calling us to embrace the principles of both prayer and of fasting. I will conclude with this. I've been fascinated over the Christmas period. Caroline said to me, you are meant to be resting. Um, And I have been resting. um, But I've also been doing a lot of reading. I've been doing a lot of watching. And uh, there were two things I wanted to do. I wanted to look at other Christmas services that churches were doing, which was fascinating uh, to behold and to see. And to see the great things that we did over the Christmas period. I was greatly encouraged by it. But another thing that I wanted to do was just delve a little bit more into prayer and fasting. And I was fascinated by how many churches, particularly in North America, are actually undertaking at this particular moment a 21-day prayer and fast. I'm talking in their scores. I was going to say hundreds. I think it probably will be in the hundreds. But let me just literally in their scores, churches... Same time as us. Either today or tomorrow, they're starting for 21 days. I want to say that I just had a real increased sense that God is, there is a trumpet blast that's arising from those who are really serious in this to really embrace it. And the power of people joining together across the globe, calling out to God. Yes, there are personal things that we're believing God for, but also Uh, nationally and internationally, believing God to do something amazing. There is an incredible power as, as a church we sign in and we take up this challenge. So I just ask you, as I say, not pressure you. If it felt like that, I'm sorry. It's not meant to be. But for those who have an appetite to do it, I just encourage you to take one of these brochures if you've not already done so. You can determine what kind of fast you want to do. We was talking to, he won't mind me saying Jim. Jim's around. Uh, he was with us over Christmas and he was talking about, of course, he's on medication and, you know, for his heart complaints. And, of course, he can't be fasting like that. You've got to have tablets, aren't you? Any nurses and doctors, you can't do that. But you can't miss something. And that's what he's, that's what he's done. And that's what he's doing. And it might be that you say, well, I want to do the whole thing. Shebang. Well, that's great. I want to do a Daniel fast. You'll read more about it. I want to give up a meal. I want to give up tea and coffee. If you do that, just go steady because I did that last time and it near enough killed me. Okay, literally. 
You may say, I wish you had done, but he didn't. Um, but uh, it near enough killed me, literally. Um, but um, I just encourage you to catch the spirit and heart of what we're doing. You can get one of those on your way out. If you're new this morning, you may say, that has, that has not touched me at all. And what's that got to do with me? It's got everything to do with you. Because we're praying for you. Because unless Jesus gets a hold of you, nothing's going to change. Unless Jesus gets a hold of you, unless you allow Jesus to come into your world, nothing's going to change. Might do for a minute, five minutes, a month. But long standing, it won't change. Only Jesus brings forever change to our lives. Only Jesus can put back the bits of our shattered hearts. Only Jesus can give us real clarity in the midst of our lives. And Jesus simply just called some people as he, was, as he, as he started his earthly ministry, and he just used this phrase, come, follow me. And the invitation is still the same today for everybody to come, follow Jesus. Bearing in mind, these guys had no idea what they were following. They just knew he was the bread of life. They just knew he was the Messiah. They knew he was the Lord. They knew there was something different about him. I'm sure they had lots of questions. But he simply said, come, follow me. I want to use that simple line to you this morning while every eye is closed and head is bowed. 